I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Ellen. It's snowing. It is. And what is snow? I, I don't I don't recall what that is. We haven't had like. that. Yet, no, really. I Where are my boots? Where are my... You know? I know. It's, it's, it's okay really pretty. It's, it's pretty right now. It's, it's very light. It's melting when it hits, pretty much. So we're in decent shape. All right, good. I know. I know. The mild winter continues. My, the mild winter continues. And happy Lunar New Year. Happy it, Lunar New Year. Today's the It's the, the year day. of the rabbit. Year of the rabbit. There yeah. we go. A hopeful year. Yeah, I That's learned some it's... things from you about that. Yes. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do like to follow all things uh, lunar. And uh, we used to go down to Chinatown and celebrate the... Uh, the, the, we talked about yeah. it, but we thought it was just going to be like just so packed. I haven't done it, you know, years. everything. Yeah, yeah. It so was we're fun. like, yeah. So we talked about that. Happy, happy Lunar New happy, Year to everybody. Happy, to you rabbits out there. To, to the rabbits out there. Year. I know. Let's get hopping. Uh, we got a hopping good show yes, uh, for you today. Uh, Chicago Opera Theater launches its milestone 50th anniversary year with Benjamin Britten's classic comic opera Albert Herring and director uh, Steven Spazito is going to be joining us in the second hour. Excited to talk about him. You know. And our house opera is a big deal because because your uh, your yeah, fiance yeah. is an opera uh, librettist. Yes, yes. So he he's working on on, on on many things right now. So so I'm excited to talk about him. He's also like a big. Um, he's directed on Broadway and directed national tours, and so we get to kind of get oh. to pick his brain about this uh, this particular show, which mm-hmm. sounds very interesting because it's about a uh, a competition for uh, the May Queen. In, in a town in, in England, and uh, the woman who's throwing it, none of the women match up, and except for Albert Herring, and he becomes the first May King. So it was kind oh. of a, a, interesting to see, and it was written in the 40s, so it'll be interesting That's to interesting. see what sort of take that they're they're taking on on this particular production. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. You know, and you know, it's me. Movies are my Super Bowl. Award season is underway. I, I, I'm with you. I love, I love, I love the award shows. I know. I love the award shows. I love halftime shows. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm, that's what I'll watch the Super Bowl for. But the halftime. That, you and know. you're entitled to. There we are. That's yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. But uh, you know, last week was a Critics' Choice Award in Los Angeles, and Chicago Critic and None on the Run was there. We'll be uh, getting the inside scoop about uh, the Critics' Choice Award with Jerry Nunn and probably some uh, little Oscar. Predictions because the nominations came out this week. I have my own predictions. Too. We'll I bet we'll see how they match up. up. And of course, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call at 773 763 9278. That number again is 773 763 9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook where we are coming at you live. Mm-hmm. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, give us a like and a share and all that good stuff. But if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on WCPT. And while you're at it, follow WCPT on all social media at WCPT 820 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and follow our, our sister organization, Heartland Signal, as well. There we go. Yes. I know. How are you? I'm, 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 I'm hanging in there. I know there. you're hanging, hanging in, in there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got to see Cabaret this week. I know. Well, I had to I be, Jerry wasn't feeling very uh, well. I know. I'm sorry Jerry wasn't feeling well. Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. had to miss it, but hopefully you can get back and see it. It truly was a fantastic performance. I um, bet. Uh, I got to talk to Michael Weber afterwards. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I was looking for Josh Walker, who we had on the show last week. Uh, we had Michael Weber and Josh Wa- Walker, uh, both from the cabaret. And uh, Josh was phenomenal in his role. Yeah. Just 
what a, a tough, tough role too. It's a it's a hard role yeah. because you I've have never to be, seen it. Oh, you haven't. I know the music, oh, yeah, a lot of the music, oh. but I had never seen it. No, I'd seen snippets as we all have. If you've ever, you know, seen anything about Liza Minnelli over the years, right? It's always, right, right, right. You know, it's always about cabaret. But um, he was fantastic. The entire cast is great. They did it in the way that they felt that the author, who was gay, who wrote it. Uh, Christopher Isherwood. Yeah, mm-hmm. meant for it to be. Yeah. Which was uh, gender bending and showing, you know, uh, gay men, gay women, uh, women with women, men with men. It was it was delightful. It was and it was well done. And the singing and the acting and, you know, Porchlight always does a great job. They, Porchlight Music Theater is but great. If, if you're a fan of cabaret, you know, and the other thing, of course, we, you know, this is about the rise of the Nazi party in the 20s in, uh, in Berlin. And, you know, we all can't help but, you know, draw parallels to, yeah. uh, you know, you, th- you watch them and what, one of the characters, oh, it's not going to happen. It's, it's never going to get that bad, you know. Yeah. And it's a constant reminder to... Be vigilant and don't take anything for granted because you saw the you know these these people that all of a sudden were their friends one minute were wearing you know swastikas on yeah. their arms yeah. and and you know shunning you if you were Jewish and it's just you know it's a but it's a good thing to be reminded I think I was thinking about Scott when this when this show first came out people probably thought it was a it was easy to have fun with a show like this because it was. You know, they had defeated the Nazis. They, you know, World War II ended in the 40s. This was the 60s. Yeah. You know, it hadn't been that long ago, but there wasn't like a rise in this country of. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's yes always and no. been. I mean, I think. But, it, I, but I, I don't think it's as. Like, I think the meaning to the parallels today are even more uh, incredible than they were when the show first. Debuted. Yeah, I can. Well, I can see it kind of being a double edged sword, too, because the, you know, the, the one of the best things about. Uh, the the musical cabaret is how it slowly creeps up on you. Yeah, you know it's a very insidious kind of like when it ends when Act One ends with Tomorrow Belongs to Me, mm. like that is it's it's terrifying. It, it, it really is terrifying. And I I did not yeah. see this. But I can only imagine how they handled that particular song because it's a very lovely little mel- melody and it's like it's a beautiful right. song. But when you're hearing about it, it's it's about Taking you know, taking power and control, yeah. and I could see in the '60s, people who it might have been hard just because of the, it was so close that they had lost people in that war, sure. you know, and all of that. Oh, like I yeah. could see how that big, be- yeah, but a also kind of yeah, you're right, a, a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think you are absolutely correct in terms of you know the rise of anti-Semitism that is happening and how. You know the way the the musical is set up is you have these you follow this story of like an American and Sally Bowles and all this stuff that's happening, you know, in in Berlin. But you go back to these show these little cabaret acts that reflect the culture mm-hmm. of what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. if you could see it through my eyes, right? That song, beautiful song, and then it ends. It's a big gut punch, you know, this beautiful love song about like, if you could see her through my eyes and then it ends with she wouldn't look Jewish at all. You know, it's like, oh, well, a couple of the numbers in the second act where they were all wearing swastikas and singing. And, you know, normally you'd be applauding because it was such a wonderful performance. But people don't know how to react. react. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to Michael about that a little bit after the show. You know, it's just. 
how do you applaud enthusiastically when you've just watched a bunch of people, you know, on yeah. stage with swastikas yeah, singing and dancing? Yeah, it's very, it's, 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 Ugh. it's very prescient, you know, yeah. and, and what's going on right now. It it's, is. you know, as you can see, like it was a slow, insidious mm-hmm. rise with us. We had a reality show uh, for a presidency in 45. So we're kind of like seeing, you know, you, it's kind of mirrors that you have this sort of like, here's the reality show is mirrors what's going on in society. Yeah. And, you know, and now and then last night we, there was a, a an attack in Monterey Park, California, oh, with uh, uh, 10 folks being being gunned down, you know, at a at a Lunar New Year's yeah. episode. It's like hate is definitely on the rise, you know, and, and it is it is still here. So I know it's it's got to be a. a, a an incredible production, uh, but also kind of like oh, one that you got to fasten your seatbelts. You should, and and but don't miss it. I, I yeah. really, uh, Porchlight does such great work. We're so blessed in this city to have the kind of talent we have, and I think uh, Josh was on the show last. Isn't he from New York? Did he come in to do? I this? think so, I but he's done in, a lot of stuff here in, in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he was amazing as as was everybody, and the sets and just all of it. You know, uh, so highly recommend. Checking out Cabaret at Bush right Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. was your... We, we had, well, it was our anniversary Happy this anniversary. week. Happy anniversary, 19 Thank on you. the 19th. 19 on the 19th. Uh, you know, it was, it was, we have become such homebodies, it's not even funny. Like, we really are. It's just, we are grandma and grandpa gay. We, we hang out, we've got a fireplace, so that makes me happy. So, on, on that night, he wasn't feeling very well, because we, we were supposed to go to the opening night of, of Cabaret right, that evening. Yeah, had to unfortunately cancel. Yeah, so it, we, yeah. we weren't, Jerry wasn't feeling so hot and so we just kind of we took it back to our roots to celebrate our anniversary when we lived in memphis uh we would uh go to tops barbecue and get takeout and we would sit and we would have uh, uh barbecue and and prosecco uh and so this time we just said we just had some barbecue i made i made pulled pork sandwiches for us and, and so it was just lovely just kind of like celebrating to be with each other way. yeah well i have to tell you the pictures that jerry posted of you two you are so cute and when you know we all look back when we were 19 and 20 years younger i know i was like Whoa. you guys were so ad- ding dong adorable we are ding dong adorable well thank you very much it was very, so, yes. yeah and and just you can see the love there from all these years yes and, so uh, it's it's still there. But I'm really I can't wait for you two to get married because I really want you to be in the same position we are in with these anniversaries because you're so used to having one anniversary. I know, right? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. We I think we kind of landed. I think we're in a. We, this might be pre. I don't know. Well, we might be doing it on our 20th anniversary. I think is we might wait until next next January. Why not? You know, and so we'll have the same date. Oh, you're doing the same on the same date. So yeah, I think. Won't that be nice? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's, I know it's you know it'll happen when it's ready. It'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but in the meantime, we've been Jerry's been like addicted to watching The Vow. On oh. on the HBO Max. Yeah, how's that, girl? Do you, it's, it is a docu series about um, the Nexium, uh, like sex scandal. It, it came out like in 2018, 2020. Uh, there were other things that people were worried about in 2020, mm-hmm. but the Nexium. Uh, it was like the whole, um, uh, uh, like it was a sex cult. 
kind of thing. Women were branded by oh, yeah. with the yeah, like it I got very. I, I know. Yes, I do remember. Well, that there's mentioned. now an HBO series, and it's on season is. two. Oh. You know, and Jared, we've just been kind of like mm. eating it up, and it's so funny. I guess it kind of goes back to like cabaret and the rise of a rise of hate and everything. People are just out there lost looking for answers. That's that's what it is, and you know, it, it talks about this. This cult, basically, it, it, it's a cult, and it goes back and forth. The people who got out of it, one of them was a filmmaker. The the role of women who are they're subservient, uh, they are used as sexual objects. It's it's there's I mean it's it's hor- like the mind games that people play. It's very. It's shocking, you know. You can, but you kind of understand. Like one, yeah, the, one it's the pe- hard to imagine, but I, you have to also imagine. You you can't imagine what these people are thinking and what they what their mind. Yeah, well, works. you do. You you walked into the like. No, I was looking for answers. I yeah. was looking for answers. I was in therapy. I was looking for churches. I was doing X Y Z, trying to find some sort of purpose. This that what this guy was teaching made sense to me. Like at the time, because like, nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one of the the people who got out of the the cult was like, you know, nobody, nobody goes like, I'm going to join a cult. You were, you thought you were doing good. You th- think every single no, one of the, they don't join, right. They join because that they think, oh, there's a place for them. There's there. a place for them. They, there's they like, found a place there's for belonging. There's like a, a, a purpose. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, support. tools, support their thing. There's community. And, you know, nobody joins thinking that they're joining a cult. No, you're right. Yeah. You know, so That's it's so just, true. it's been very like, it, again, kind of like looking at what's going on here. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, oh. And there was also like, big shout out to uh, Carolyn Pinta from uh, Buffalo Grove Pride who brought a story to to my attention. We're going to talk about later on mm-hmm. the, in the hour uh, about uh, this group. Called Awake Illinois. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with. Them, so I was I not, read about and then it. I started going down this big rabbit hole of oh, oh, oh. Um, they were getting ready to have an event in Des Plaines. They are for their their language is about like we're looking for equality in education, <laughs> which just basically means um, we want they want conservative voices to be heard when they making lessons. They want their perspective, they want to, their be perspective heard. to be heard. Yeah. yeah. And but they're running for school boards all across the state. So it's something to to kind of keep your eyes open. Yeah, beware. Yeah. It's, so just in terms of what's happening here. Yeah. It's just like I don't know, maybe yeah. you know. Um uh, it's it's a rough morning for me. Yeah. Um the heaviest of hearts that I um, learned this morning that our best friend in the whole world in Bramer lost his battle with uh, prostate cancer. And um, Lynn was undoubtedly one of the brightest lights in Chicago radio. Uh, in the, you know, people loved him like no other that I, you know, they love Terry Hammer too. She's great. And Lynn, Lynn though, is uh, used to say my best friend in the whole world. And people really felt that he was. Um, he was a bright light in mine and Kathy's, my wife Kathy Voltmer's life. Um, Lynn and I were friends for 40 years, and of course Kathy was Lynn's morning anchor. Uh, thankfully, he chose her to be by his side, and thankfully he did that because she's been by my side for 27 <laughs> years. That's how I met Kathy. Yeah. But Lynn, uh, those of you that are listening to my voice that uh, know Lynn, um, you you also know that he was one of the most generous of spirit. 
his continual contribution of his personal time for any and all charitable organizations that reached out to him. And I mean any and all. I'm like, Lynn, really? You're going to do that? He's like, yeah, they yeah, want God. me to do yeah. it. I got it. It's for this, you know, this, this, whatever it was, he did it. Whether it was for a big organization or somebody with a struggling situation in their lives. Um, that was Lynn. And he and I also, we shared our, our love of Cubs baseball um, at many games together. We shared our love of food. Lynn was a, a foodie, if there ever was one. You know, you go out with Lynn, as Lynn used to say, put your eating pants on. <laughs> because he's going to order 25 things. And, you know, I'm the type that's going to eat all of them along with him. Uh, of course, music. Lynn played guitar and made up funny songs, like, you know, and loved music uh, as a DJ on XRT. He was also the music director for many years. When I first met Lynn, he came to the station from New York, from Albany, New York, as music director. And uh, and you talk to anybody in this business throughout the country, the record industry, they loved Lynn more than anyone else because so many of them would give him lip service. But Lynn li- literally listened to every single thing somebody brought them. Mm-hmm. Um, he, cu- he curated the best music he could and made WXRT the station it was. Um, many of you know I worked there for 24 years. Um, but of all the loves that Lynn had, and he had many of them, and I was lucky to share a lot of them with him, the, the, the real love, he saved the most, the best love for his wife, Sarah, his wife of 40 years. And Lynn was dedicated and devoted to, to Sarah. You know, we like to think we all are dedicated to our spouses, but he had a special love that um, he never, I never heard him say a, a negative word about his wife. He, he, she was, he held her so high and, um, Sarah texted us this morning that she and and uh, his son Wilson were by his side when he passed away. So uh, to all those that are hurting, um, I'm hurting with you. We're all hurting together. But we had a gift in Lynn Bramer and um, take nothing for granted because it's great to be alive. So um, that's what Lynn used to say. And that's what we have to continue to to keep in our hearts um, as we remember Lynn and honor Lynn's memory. So rest well, Lynn. Rest well, Lynn. I'm gonna, Love we're going to take a break, and I'm going to give you a hug. Thank you. Okay. We're going to uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, there's more at Chicago and WCPT. Welcome back. I'm improviser Matthew Van Colden. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller as we roll along. Um, making good radio, hopefully. I, carrying hey, on the tradition I of, of... Lynn would want me to continue and be do my thing and uh, move on. We're moving on, Lynn. Okay? But it's, it's Just, you know... But never moving on. Never moving heart. on, of course. Just... Of course. Uh, Doing radio because he was a radio guy. He was a radio guy through and our, through. Through and through. We've got yeah. to honor him with our best radio. So here All we go. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> well, speaking of the best uh, uh, radio, look, there's a mayoral debate yes, that's happening. there is. WCBT is thrilled to announce that we're going to be hosting a Chicago mayoral forum 
this Thursday, January 26th, at the Morningstar Auditorium in downtown Chicago. It's going to be at noon. It's going to be live on WCPT. Uh, it's going to be hosted by Joan Esposito, Patty Vasquez, and Santita Jackson, which I think is, I'm talking about a hard hitting trio right there. Yeah, go women, go. I know, it'll be great. And all of the, the mayoral candidates have agreed they're going to, they're going to be there. So that's very, very exciting. But we would love to know what. Uh, if you have questions for the candidates, because yeah. they're going to be curating some uh, questions from listeners. So if you do have any questions for the candidates, you can email your questions for the mayoral candidates at question at WCPT820.com. Again, that is a question at WCPT820.com. This will be uh, for all of the candidates. You've got Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Congressman uh, Jesus Chewy Garcia, former CPS CEO Paul Vallis, Dr. Willie Wilson, County Board Commissioner Brandon Johnson, State Representative Cam Buckner, Alderman Roderick Sawyer, Community Activist Jamal Green, and Alderwoman Sophia King. So all of these people are going to be there. Um, I know, Ellen, you've always said that being the mayor of Chicago is, is a thankless job. Oh, one of the worst like, jobs. One of the worst America. jobs you can you could do. Um, so we want to make sure that you know we 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 find out what what's important to you. Like what what would you want to know? You know, I was about? thinking about this. Um, I would ask, you know. To me, there's always a learning curve in this job because you cannot imagine what it's like to be the mayor of a city like Chicago oh, until yeah. you are sitting in that seat. I mean, we had high hopes for Rahm Emanuel, and you know, people, well, many of them were disgusted by the end of his term. I mean, there's like I always say, what, who's your favorite Chicago mayor? And people are hard. I mean, they'll say Harold Washington because he was, you know, he passed away. He wasn't in there long. He was a good man, but. Nobody likes the mayor of Chicago. And I just wonder, my question is, you know, how long do you think it's going to take you to get up to speed with what really needs to be done here? One of the things that I, that Lori has going for her, in my opinion, is that she has had four years of, of, of trials and tribulations. And, you know, we went through, obviously, with COVID and, and George, Floyd, George Floyd's murder, we went through one of the roughest times Chicago has seen since the riots of the 60s. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to think she's better off for it. I have to think she has a leg up. What I'd like to have see from her, though, is saying, look it, I admit, I, you know, I had a lot on my plate and I did the best I could and I, there were some missteps and I didn't, but I have learned from these things. What are, you know, when I see young Brandon and I see all these, these people that have never uh, had, no one has had a job like this who's right. You know, I just wonder what is going to make, why are you going to be different than Lori Lightfoot? Why are you going to be better than Rahm Emanuel? Mm -hmm. Why are you going to do a better job than Mayor Daly? Because... These, you know, they all have done good things, but it's never enough for for anybody, right? Because this city is a segregated city with with different needs on different sides of town, and I just, you know, it's it's just an ongoing battle that you can, that it's that's it's difficult, and, yeah. and uh, you know, quickly, I was watching that CNN uh, special they've been running about. I always laugh every time the promo came on. What happened to Mayor New York's mayor? What happened to Rudy Giuliani? But one thing that he did that I I saw in the short, uh, I saw one or two of them. He had an accountability meeting himself with every major precinct cap, uh, you know, the, the the police in the in the different precincts every week. 
He sat down with them every week and said, what's going on in your district? I heard there were three carjackings. I heard there was this. I heard there was that. Uh, holding them accountable. I've not heard that our mayor has done anything like that. Maybe she does. But to me, crime seems to be the biggest issue on people's mind right now in this city. And Paul Vallis is, you know, shouting from the rooftops that he's going to be the guy on crime. And I right. think people want to hear that. What... But how? Other, how are you going to? How, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? That's the big. That's the big thing. It's not, yeah. I love the it, the why, mm-hmm. but also the how. Like you know, yeah. what, why do you think you're qualified for this? And how? What are you going? What are the steps you're going to take? That's uh, you know one of the things that I've been. And of course, we would love to hear from you if you've got questions right now. What would you ask the the uh, candidates who are running for mayor in Chicago? Yeah. Give us a call 773-763-9278. The number again. 773-763-9278. What would you ask the mayoral candidates? You know, I I agree with you again about like okay, so why do, why do you want this job? That that's always the big thing. Mm-hmm. Like why and what makes you qualified to to have this thankless awful and hard difficult job? Lori Lightfoot, I think when it comes to the pandemic, yes, uh, let's let's rewind. She got a giant steaming bowl of doo-doo when she when she She'd arrived. She's only been in office, yeah. you know, not that long. Not that long. Same thing with, with, with Governor for, Pritzker. With Governor Pritzker, yeah. No, they both got a heaping plate of poop. And I think when it comes to the pandemic, A's. A's across the board. Which, I think which they key, did because that was a huge thing. It was, was a, a big, life and death matter for our It was for a our big, citizens. big thing. It was a very, very big thing. Uh, however, just a couple months into the pandemic, we had the murder of George Floyd and the way that the protests were handled. The raising of the bridge. the raising of the bridges, the you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I had high hopes for Mayor Lightfoot because of her connections with with the Chicago Police well, Department, you know, holding them accountable. And and I wish that she did have, maybe she does have these accountability meetings that you were talking about, but if she does, we have not heard from no, that. No, I've not heard about and it. And so that, to me, I think is one of the biggest changes and the, one of the biggest issues that we need to address as a city is the policing of our citizens. It, it is how, how it is policed, how it, is, how it works, dealing with corruption within the Chicago Police Department. Um, you know, I, that is one thing that I really, I wanna know how they're going to work with CPD in order to uh, make all Chicagoans feel that, that Chicago police are working for all of us. That is that is a big I, thing for me. I think, and as, you know, I think as it is, I think Scott for for the citizens of Chicago. I mean, you know, when she hired David Brown, I believe he came from uh, Houston. Um, I thought, well, fresh, you know, he's 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 well liked, but I have lost faith in him. And and you know, when the raising of the bridges and all this, you when you are the president, when you are the mayor. You have to rely on your deputies. You have to rely on the people you surround yourself with to give you their best information and their best suggestions. And I'm sure the raising of the bridges was not her idea, but she signed off on she it. She signed off for it. So and, and the, you know, little Truman, the buck stops here. Exactly. You know? So I, if I were her and I saw what a disaster that was, I would have questioned the people that she like David Brown and I I haven't seen him get fight you know why is he still there you yeah. know um, 
So I have to question some of her judgment around the people she surrounded herself with and she needs to have a little more humility and you know i'm not i've i know a lot of friends hey good good friends gay friends straight friends who are like no way am i voting for Lori lightfoot again but the most compelling thing for me with her is that she has four years of success and failure under her belt and it's just a hard job to ramp up on, you know, yeah. and I hate to start from square one again with somebody else. So I, the jury's out for me. How about you? Yeah, the jury is totally up for me. I mean, I, I I don't know. I'm very excited to be tuning into these debates. Yeah, I'm, I am, too. That's I, gonna I, be happening. Uh, they, happening. they ran one earlier this week, but I was we were at, at Cabaret. So they're running it tonight on television. But what we're doing our own here on WCPT Thursday yeah. and uh, give people a chance to hear from all the candidates. Uh, so. We shall see what they have to say. Of course, we all know sometimes what they have to say and what I end up doing doesn't always necessarily jive. jive but, of course, you, know, yeah. you have to feel good about who you're voting for. So let's see who makes us feel best. We we have this great opportunity to learn more. So let's yeah. do it. And again, what would you like to hear? What what questions do you want answered yeah. by the mayoral candidates? Uh, we can talk about it right now. You can give us a call at 773-763-9278. Or if you are uh, want to have something, have a question submitted to the panel to be considered to be asked during the mayoral debate, which is going to be happening uh, this Thursday at the Morningstar Auditorium in downtown Chicago at noon, uh, send that to email that to question at wcpt820.com. Let's go to the phone. Steve, welcome. You're on out Chicago. Yes, I wanted to make a couple of points, and I do agree with you. I mean, some of it is just timing. And no matter who was going to be the mayor uh, during COVID and, and the uprisings that we saw and the protests and so forth, they were just going to be handed a big bucket of you-know-what, and yeah. there was just no way that you were going to make everyone happy. I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens once in a century. I mean, whether you, you can pick one of those things, the pandemic right. or the, the civil unrest, and then you combine them, um, there was just no way that you were going to make everyone happy because you had the law and order crowd on one side, and then you had people who wanted uh, their interpretation of social justice. And to be fair, you know, the... the a lot of that was co-opted. So you had peaceful protesters intermixed with people who, quite frankly, their idea of protest was to burn and loot. And then you had criminals who decided to take advantage of the protest movement and said, hey, look, it's a free-for-all. You know, we can get what we want. And so how do you then reconcile that? Because it's not as if you can do interviews with, you know, a few hundred thousand people and say, oh, by the way, why are you here? And uh, give me your motives and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So there was this question of, um, how do you protect businesses and private property and the safety of, of, of communities while at the same time recognizing that people have a right to protest against an unjust system? And, and you are absolutely right with regard to the message of law and order. I, I, I think a, a hint from what happened in New York. New York ended up electing a moderate Democrat, uh, you know, pro-law enforcement candidate. And I think that you're going, you're, going, it, you're going to see much of the same thing in Chicago, that that's going to be the one who wins no matter who, uh, who ends up running against whom. I don't, I don't even know if Lori, given the recent polls, will be in the runoff. I think that there are a couple of people who could beat her to end up in that runoff. And both of them are running on a law and order platform. This, uh, this message of a few years ago of defund the police, nobody is repeating that if they're sane. Because it's it's viewed as you're you don't care about crime or you don't want to do anything about crime. It's I, I don't agree that that's the right interpretation, but that is the way that people view it. And the reality is that in the post George Floyd era, police basically withdrew 
from proactive policing. They just, they just said, you know what, we'll show up for a call, but this idea of going after the bad guys or doing a lot of the things that that make your neighborhood safe, well, you know what, we don't, we don't want to risk getting in trouble. We don't want to uh, take the chance of losing our pensions or getting sued and all of this other sort of thing. So basically, a lot of them retired. A lot of them moved on to other communities to, to do police work there where they're seen as being more receptive to police. And others just said, you know what, like I said, we'll show up, we'll take a report, and if, so, if you got mugged, if you got robbed, uh, that's as far as it goes. So, the, And we're down over 1,000 officers by many estimates in Chicago. So uh, you were right in asking the question, all right, it's one thing to say I'm pro-police or I'm pro-law and order. Okay, but what's your solution? Because you, it's not as if you can just hire a bunch of 25-year-olds move them through the police academy and say, all right, now we have our thousand officers. It takes years to become a veteran police officer mm-hmm. that's effective out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, but it, it's nothing short term. Anybody who tells you that they're going to get elected and solve this problem in a year or two, no, it's going to take years to rebuild oh, yeah. relationships and, 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 to, and to build a veteran police force. And again, to balance that with the need to respect the rights of people, especially in, in certain underprivileged communities, because police don't police the same everywhere. So, and, and we can't let that message get lost. So who do you like right Who do you like right now to be mayor? Uh, who do I like or who do I think is going to win? That's two different things. I do public policy analysis. So I think uh, I think Vallis, uh, if I had to put money on anybody, he's raised the most money with the exception of Willie Wilson, who's funding his own campaign. But it gets barely any support in the real world. Um, beyond that, I think that um, Chewy, uh, there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of controversy around Chewy lately. Yep. And so the, the latest polls have Paul ahead slightly, and then you have Chewy in second, and then you have Paul. A, a big grouping of other people. Uh, Lori's like in fourth or fifth, depending upon which poll yeah. you're talking yeah. about. So, you're right. I don't know if she'll make the top four. You're right. I've been thinking right. about the same thing. Yes, I, I I don't think she stands a chance of winning again. And it's as you pointed out rightly so. It's not because she's a terrible person or was a terrible mayor. It's just she got handed a terrible you know deck in in terms of being mayor. I mean, yeah. this hand that she was handed is just it was you know again a once in a century kind of thing. She's not to blame. It's like saying that you were elected mayor of a large city in the midst of the, the Great Depression. I mean, what were you going to do in that in that environment? Right, right. Powerless. So, I know. Yes, I, you know, I, I think your analysis is dead on. Right. Yeah, thank well, you. thank you so much Thanks, for giving Steve. us a call, Steve. We really appreciate it. I mean, yeah. We'll see what it's, Thursday it's, brings. Yeah, we'll see what Thursday brings. And, yeah. hey, you know... Uh, it's it's yeah it's it's not a good job it's not a good job uh but i to me i think for me the biggest issue is is dealing with the police you know dealing with how do we make an effective police force that is effective for all communities because that is not the case that's happening right now you know and you know uh steve was just saying that we had a lot of officers quit or move or whatever built the same things happening with education as well a lot of teachers have left the profession yes um after the pandemic after the pandemic after being sure did i know know, some personally yeah yeah i i talk Mm -hmm. to talk to folks all the time Mm -hmm. you know like i just nope i can't do it you know, the so, systems as they are right now are just not uh, working in our favor, and I don't. It's not something you can change overnight. You know. Mm-hmm. I know, but hey, listen. Uh, hopefully, all of these questions and more yes. will be be asked 
and answered uh, on on Thursday, and we are giving away a pair of tickets to WCPT Chicago Mayoral Forum, which is Thursday, January 26th, and Morningstar Auditorium across from Daly Plaza in Chicago. All nine candidates have confirmed their participation in the former, and this is your chance to hear directly from the candidates. Lunch will be provided at 11 a.m. Who doesn't love a lunch? Yana, the forum begins at noon. Joan Esposito, Santita Jackson, and Patty Vasquez will be moderating the forum. Uh, and the forum is on, on WCPT is sponsored by Morningstar, Rivers Local 11, and Oscar Iberian Rugs. So we want to give away a pair of tickets uh, to caller number three. Uh, caller number three to 773-763-9278. That number again, 773-763-9278. Caller number three will be getting tickets to go getting a pair of tickets to go see to WCPT Chicago Mayoral Forum Thursday, January 26th at Morningstar Auditorium across from Daly Plaza. Lunch is at 11. The program begins at noon uh, and we'd love to have you be there. And just a reminder, contests running on WCPT 820 are open to listeners 18 or older and residents of the greater Chicagoland Northwest Indiana area. One entry per person, one winner per household, void where prohibited by law. Listeners may only win or qualify to win once every 30 days, so don't get greedy. And complete rules are available on our website at WCPTA20.com by clicking the contest tab. So caller number three wins a pair of tickets to go see uh, WCPT's Chicago Mayoral Forum on Thursday, January 26th. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, there's there's some hubbub in the, in the burbs. Yes, there is. Going on. So stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Hi, this is musician Homer Mars, and welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ella Miller, as we're rolling along. Yes, we are. Yes, trying to make good radio, yes, trying to are. make changes. Yep. Honoring Lynn. Yep, absolutely. There we are. Um, and I think one of the ways we can honor Lynn is just to continue forward, make good, make good stuff. Uh, um, look... Our good friends at Buffalo Grove Pride mm-hmm. uh, reached out to me about an event that was scheduled to happen in Des Plaines, uh, hosted by an organization called Awake Illinois. So the Des Plaines, Des Plaines Theater canceled an event that was to be held by uh, Awake Illinois, which is a group that has faced some backlash for controversial comments on the LGBTQ plus community. This is from a press thing, just to let you know, because they're ooky. After receiving backlash and threats, um, the event, which is called Coalition for Kids, was planned for February 8th by Wake Illinois, um, a group that says that it aims to address education and equality. The owner of the Displaced Theater uh, said that he was canceling it because there had been some backlash and some... Uh, some, I believe the language is very nasty threats. Now, mm-hmm. I don't, okay, I don't, who, okay, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know, there we are. This could just be some, some, uh, uh, publicity stunt, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, but it, it led me down a rabbit hole about Awake Illinois. Um, oof. 
Wowza. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is from uh, their their website. Yeah, um, so it says this grassroots organization was launched by everyday parents and citizens in May 2021. During the pandemic year, many of us awakened to the issues affecting our communities, our children, and our liberties. Wake Illinois uh, charted the first chapter in Naperville, Illinois, and is now expanding throughout all four corners of the state with 30 plus chapters. In 2023, we plan for Awake Chapters to launch in surrounding states. Um, Their mission is to empower citizens to advocate on issues affecting our families and communities. Uh, Awake Illinois continues to see exponential grassroots growth as Illinois citizens awaken to respectful advocacy while advocating uh, advancing liberty and justice for all. Okay, that's, that's their thing. Here's the that's all their official language. Yeah. Um, their, their, their big thing seems to be education. Uh, and they have some big issues when it comes to sex education uh, and how appropriate uh, material should be. And what they I, I, I went down this hole. Yeah. I was like watching videos that they mm-hmm. put out and everything. And so, oh, my. It's can, well, I, first I can, of all, yeah. it's just bizarre because what they're using as reference material is not a national curriculum. They are using it. It's from an organization called uh, I believe it's called Advocating for Youth. Oh, poop. Is that what it's called? Advocates for Youth, um, which is a... they, it's a it's a nonprofit organization that partners with youth leaders, adult allies, and youth serving organizations to advocate for policies and champion programs that recognize young people's rights to to honest sexual health information. So that's their that's their fun their their jam, and they put out they release a curriculum that promotes a very open, very honest, very like you know we're not calling it a flower, we're not calling you know we're not using bananas or whatever. It's just it's like this is these are the biological terms and they advocate for starting that pretty early in 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 a child's education Mm -hmm. as early as second grade um now the uh awake illinois they um they've got this whole thing that uh they they want you to say to say no sir no, sir. No, it's, sir. It's, it's parents opt out. Yes, about parents opting out of, of sex education. Uh, sir stands for sexualized, sexualizing illiterate radicals. <laughs> I wonder what that sir was. I, yeah, so that's what that's what that stands for. And and it's very confusing. Again, they're screaming, the children, the children, which I'm assuming also has uh, uh, anti-LGBTQ legislative like, uh, curriculum that is also in there because, Lord forbid, that, that, that kids should know that gay people exist. That is what they're really worried about. They're also worried about the fact that the boogeyman, apparently the entire... You know, the entire radical left is nothing but a herd of drag queens and uh, trans folks who are coming to get your kids and make them all identify as queer or trans. That is. And they are also against using words like clitoris, penis and gender. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. They're and again, this this a very enlightened group. Huh? They are a very enlightened group. Uh, <clears throat> they have also, um, yeah, they're they're very strange. I'm, I, I I don't understand. I'd like, like to know who founded them. Oh well, and, I reached out to her. What's her name? Oh, I, and let me see if I can how find many her. people are in this organization? Well, there are a lot of white people that mm-hmm. are there. 
I see a lot of white people. Um, what's her name? Oh, poop. Let me Is find it. Is this her Where, with um... uh She's the founder. Her name is uh, Shannon Adcock. She's the founder and president of Awake Illinois, okay. uh, chair of Moms for Liberty to Page. Um, so I've reached out to to Shannon to be like, hey, um, I would love to have you on the show. I heard that you had an event that was uh, that got canceled mm-hmm. due to uh, security issues. Uh, Threats. I would love to talk about you and your organization. So you know, to, to hear about what your your story is and why, what your your main objections are, because I, it's very vague. But these are people who are trying to uh, run for school boards yeah. uh, across the country. We've been talking about that mm-hmm. I mean, across oh, the state, yeah. rather. We've been talking about that how that's happening across the country, the country yeah. uh, about how people are very very upset about uh, LGBTQ issues uh, being taught in schools. About about uh, sex education being taught in schools, about so-called critical race theory that is not being taught in schools, but they're saying that it is being taught in schools. Uh, It's a bunch of, it seems to me, a bunch of uh, grievance, of of a party of white grievance. Again, this little Awake Illinois is what's happening here. And just looking through there, I don't understand why this man has a hammer or a pickaxe in his... (laughs) Thing, but you know, it's 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 a lot. Um, so at the event, they were also going to be uh, have a, a panel uh, of, of folks to be talking about the very important issues about how people are coming and grooming their kids. Um, and one of the speakers was from an organization called Gays Against Grooming. Which, looking that way, uh, I went down that rabbit hole, and that turns out to be uh, basically a big anti-trans organization oh, yeah. is what's that oh, that's sure. doing, and it's 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 so bizarre. It's and a little hate group, is what it's it a is. little hate group. Mm-hmm. These are a couple of little hate groups, and mm-hmm. they're they're saying, well, nobody lets us talk about our things. It's like, well, great, you have the opportunity. Come on our you, show, we'd love to have you. Yes, on our I, show. I have reached out to representatives from both uh, Awake Illinois and Gays Against Grooming. I have heard nothing but they always have an open invitation to come here to the show um, to talk about it, especially the, the gays against grooming. I'm, I'm very... Biz- I'm so con- yeah. We, you know, we, we are in the year of the rabbit, but apparently this is also the year of the Rab- groomer yeah. because that is that is something that it keeps coming up. Uh, that oh, has yeah. been coming oh, up. Oh, that's a favorite Republican. That talking is a Republican point. talking point. Even our even our good friend George Santos. Is that his oh, name? God. Is what's. Um, I mean, he don't know. There we are. He's 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 hopped on. He's supposedly gay. Supposedly married to a man, yet he also supports a, a lot of anti-LGBTQ things. Uh, you know, yeah, he's hopping on that grooming train because apparently the um, the country is under siege from drag queens and trans folks coming for the children. So this is just an organization that has been happening here. We're we're F E A R, the favorite of the Republican Party. Yes, it's all it's stoking fear, but I'm but here's what I'm con, what I'm confused about. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so what are you concerned about in terms of sex education? Like, should it not be taught at all? Should people not know the appropriate terms and of body they parts and how things how work? It's how the message is delivered. Oh, I know. They're like, yeah. well, that should be better handled at home. It's better like, well, if you're not handling it at home, this is how you lead to unwanted pregnancies and people becoming a burden on society. And people you know? feeling bad about themselves because they feel different. Yeah. And and wanting to do bad things to themselves because their parents do not support who they are. Yeah. 
It's um, I don't know. It is it is a it, yeah. it was very very interesting. And I'm like, okay, so thank you, Buffalo Grove Pride, yeah. for our uh, for reaching it. out, they're staying vigilant. So yeah, yeah, letting us know about what's going on there. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and on that note, uh, yeah. this this part of out Chicago, uh, we've we got to take a break, go into the news, and we're going to get into some fun stuff on uh, the second hour. Yes, but th- before then, this part about Chicago is brought to you by Team Hockberg. If you're selling your home or purchasing a new home and would like to save thousands of dollars, you need to call Team Hockberg, your trusted local lender. Team Hockberg is offering everyone their Perks at Work benefit through the end of April, which can save you thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home. Here's how it works. When a Team Hockberg-affiliated realtor sells your home, they'll reduce their fee up to 1%. When a Team Hockberg-affiliated realtor helps you purchase a home, you will receive up to 1% of their commission as a closing cost credit. Credit. Team Hochberg will credit their loan organization fee, origination fee, sorry, and their affiliated attorney with, uh, and their affiliate attorney will reduce this fee. Uh, a couple saved close to nine grand using Perks at Work when they sold their home and purchased a new home. To learn how you can save thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home, give Team Hochberg a call at 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or 56david.com. Lower.com, equalizing lender, NMLS 112406. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it is the second hour about Chicago right here on WCPT. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ellen Miller, rolling along on a snowy day. Mm -hmm. The first day of the Lunar New Year. Yes, it is. Year of the the rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit. Mm -hmm. There we are. Which is a sign of hope. That's what I heard. That's what I love. We need a lot of hope. We need a lot of hope right now. We need a lot of hope. And right now, we we can also use some distractions. So, a little bit later on uh, this hour, we're going to be speaking with uh, Chicago critic Jerry Nunn, our very own Nunn on the Run. Yep. He was just in Los Angeles for the Critics' Choice Awards. He's everywhere these days. He is. He is. Bon vivant. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, we're going to be catching up with him to get the inside scoop. Uh, Apparently, he got to meet a lot of people. People and we're gonna get the dish oh, and hopefully yeah. some some Oscar. Uh, we always get a little dish with him, which we I always like, get like dish. someone that wasn't so sweet to him or somebody that didn't appear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We like to hear that. Yeah, she'll throw some shade. She will. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. There we go. But before we get to that, yeah. uh, look, Chicago Opera Theater launches its milestone 50th anniversary year with Benjamin Britten's classic comic opera, uh, Albert Herring. And joining us now on the phone is uh, director Stephen Spazito. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking time out. I know you are in rehearsals right now and it's, it's you know, opening week. Uh, so thank you. I, we really appreciate it. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the story uh, behind Albert Herring? Yeah, of course. I mean, Albert Herring. Oh, God, I'm in a hallway. I feel so echoey. Albert I Herring, love it. Um, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a theater hallway. It's theater magic. It's a magical. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a story of a of a. It's a really a coming of age story. You know, it's a young man who uh, lives in the turn of the century in a very small town in England, uh, very much ruled by, you know, religion and um, sort of, you know, sexual repression and um, rules, you know, the rules of society, the rules of life. And he goes on this journey to sort of become himself, to sort of say, hey, you know, out with some of those rules and I'm going to do what I want. And um, he's crowned, the, the whole sort of conceit is the leader of the town, Lady Billow, is uh, trying to find the most virginal girl in the town, a perfect, a perfect chaste virgin, uh, to award um, a prize to, the May Queen Prize. And she can't find her. All the girls in town, uh, you know, are a little looser than maybe she wants them to be. They're a little fast. Some fast girls. They're a little fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some fun stories about what they were up to and why they didn't get this award. And so the idea comes, well, let's give it to Albert, this sweet young boy who, you know, no one has any dirt on. So they give it to Albert, and Albert's horrified that he's won this award, horrified that he has been crowned for his virginity and for his cleanliness. And part of the the award is he gets a prize. He gets some money. And so he chooses to uh, skip town and go to the big city and get drunk, get wasted, and maybe get up to some other naughtiness and uh, come back and sort of say, you know, you know, stick his finger up to the town and say, I'm not at all who you thought I was. And by the way, thanks for the cash. It helped me. Ah, wow. So, That's scandal. <laughs> I know, right? It's good. It's good. So that, that, that's like the basic story. And but it's, you know, it's really about like, how do we break out of the mold that, you know, society puts us in and that sometimes we put ourselves in that our families put ourselves, you know, put us in. And how do we say, hey, world, like you don't get to tell me who I am. I'll tell you who I am. And he just does the very, very first step of that. Um, and I always say, oh, God, I'd love there to be a sequel to this. You know, like, <laughs> right. up, you know, in 10 years, you know, where does this guy end up in 10 years after this, after this kind of change in his life? So mm. that's the nutshell version. Yeah, no, okay. it sounds amazing. It's so great. And, you know, I was doing as I was like, you know, prepping for the for our conversation, I was looking at, you know, this particular piece by Benjamin Britten, and I know it was written mid century, mid twentieth century, like in the forties. Forty seven. Yeah, and then it had a Chicago premiere at uh, Chicago Opera Theater. Yes, it did. in nineteen seventy nine, directed by the late great Frank Galati. Mm. Um, yes. How? First of all, what is the importance of this particular work? A within like the land of opera, but the world of opera, uh, and then just as you are. As you are revisiting this piece, how are you imagining this production? Yeah. So, I mean, Britain, just just the whole canon of Britain work is extraordinary. I think it's unlike any any other opera uh, canon, you know, in existence. It's so textured, so detailed. The music is really, really excitingly difficult. You know, it's sort of I mean, he writes Resset, you know, the sort of the sort of scene bits of mm-hmm. an opera, unlike anyone else. I mean, it's all phrased and sung the way you would naturally speak it. And it's it's really kind of kind of textured and detailed and and exciting. It doesn't have you know, there's really only one big aria in the in the piece. So it doesn't feel like a Puccini. It doesn't. It doesn't feel, you know, like Carmen. It doesn't feel that way. It feels kind of like a play, even though it's completely sung through. You know, so that kind of weaving of, of musicality and character work um, is like I've never done anything quite like that. 
Um, and it's his only comedy. You know, Britain kind of always writes about an outsider in the world, uh, and usually they have a tragic, horrible end in Britain. In Britain um, mm-hmm. opera. Well, in opera in general. I mean, yeah. opera is not the most happiest. <laughs> we love a death. Right? Oh, I know. We love all that. The more tragic, the better. If there could be right. snow involved, please. <laughs> And a disease. Yes, yes. Consumption. I want a duel. I don't know. Whatever it is, let them die and let it, let there be like snow falling at the same time. Gorgeous. So while, while there's none of that. Okay, good. This opera, there, there is a happy ending, you know, so it's, it's, it's sort of unique in his, in his canon. And the, the outsider, you know, the guy that's, that's, on, the, that's on the skirts of, of society and the world of the play does something positive at the end and survives and, in fact, triumphs. And in fact, you know, ends with like sort of positive forward momentum. So, you know, you were saying we need some good news this year. I mean, it's January in Chicago. It's getting cold. And, and this is a this is a bright, colorful, forward moving, um, you know, positive, positive ending to an opera. And it's hopeful. You know, it kind of says, hey, even if you make a small change in your life, you know, it's not like, you know, he disappears for one night. He goes out for one night. It's not like he does this crazy, you know, gone forever. Right. But you make a small change in your life and, and just changing the that, you know, the angle of that, you know, laser, you know, 10 years later puts you somewhere completely different. And that's what I kind of think the message is, is like, let's all make the the everyday small, sometimes difficult changes in our lives, because that's what that's what really affects us in the real world, you know, mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, and then this production, you know, we kind of, I thought, okay, it's, 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 uh, it's a coming of age story. So what, what do we have in our, you know, 2023 20, culture like that? I thought it'd be, it'd really be an indie film. You know, if we were making this today, it'd be an indie, an indie coming of age comedy. So we sort of tried to do that visual take on it. We were really, really inspired by, uh, Grand Budapest uh, Hotel, you know, and how they deal with, uh, time and how they take a period and sort of update it and do a take on a period. So while it's still set, you know, in 19, we're setting ours in 1903, which is around, you know, when the original was set, it doesn't look like, you know, a historic museum photo of 1903. It's bright, it's colorful, it's kooky, it's updated. There's a couple little anachronisms, you know, in the clothing. And we thought, okay, that, that kind of makes it feel a bit, a bit fresher and a bit more, you know, exciting for for today's people. Yeah, and accessible because I think there's such a, you know, a stigma behind, you know, opera you, that it's like, yeah. oh, this is this is yeah. not for me. This is only for the people who are educated and know all the things of no, the insider's game, but it's, it's more it's, accessible sounding. Yeah, yeah, it's, sure. it's something like no, it's opera is for everybody. And it's in English. Yeah, it's it's in English. So, like, if you're, if you know, I, this is my first opera. I'm, I come from the musical theater world. You know, right. I normally work on, you know, I normally work in New York on sort of commercial musicals. And, you know, I thought that, too. I was like, oh, my God, is this something? Am I smart enough to do that? You know, right. But this is a great one to dip your toe in because it's in English. Uh, you'll understand every word. And it's a really kind of accessible, timeless story, you know, about how we become ourselves. You know, how do we move through life and say, Hey, this is who I know I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you are just joining us, we are speaking with director Steven Spazito. He is directing, kicking off the milestone 50th anniversary year with the Chicago Opera Theater with Benjamin Britten's comic classic, Albert Herring. Uh, you know, one thing that I think is so interesting about 
opera, especially when you're approaching it from, you know, from a director's point of view, is the relationship that you have with the conductor. Uh, In this case, Dame Jane Glover. Can you talk about your relationship? Because... You know, as you said, you know, I had this opportunity. I'm like, am I smart enough to do? Can I do this? What's going on? At least it's in English. Could you imagine if it's in Italian or whatever? Like, I don't speak Italian. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, what is your relationship with the conductor as you are trying to, you know, realize your vision? I mean, Jane Jane was the great gift of this, you know, for me personally. You know, I I had never worked with with her before. You know, we certainly spoke on, you know, she's she's British and she lives in in England, in London most of the time. So we'd had, you know, certainly Zoom calls, but, you know, you never know until you get into the room how that's going to play out. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's, it's, you know, in musical theater, your choreographer is like your main collaborator in the room. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally used to and love and need collaboration. And in opera, it's really your maestro. It's really your conductor. So that's the person that you, you know, chat about everything with and that you, you know, run all of your ideas through and they bounce ideas off of you and you go back and forth. And she has a, a tremendous history with this piece. She um, has been conducting versions of this opera for 40 years. Wow. And... Um, and yet is still so open to new interpretations of it and was such a great guide on how to, you know, fit some ideas into what the, the music is and what the tradition of the piece is. And I mean, she was a great sounding board. I honestly could never have asked for. I'm so, so, so happy it was her. Yeah, you know, we've become. Yeah, it's been amazing. And I just saw her last night. She's conducting um, a Mozart, um, a night of Mozart at um, um uh, she has a um, music of the Renaissance um, uh, orchestra here in Chicago, and I mean, this woman has more energy than I could ever <laughs> right? have in my life. Well, she is a dame. I know. So, Does she make you, you know, call her dame? She is a dame. She is a dame. Yes, I do. I do call her dame sometimes. Me, dame Glover. Dame Glover. So, so, Stephen, t- tell us about the cast. Are they all opera trained, or are they from musical theater like you? They're all opera. All, all opera, opera trained. So we have. Yeah, and they're all, we have two people who, who are from New York in the company, uh, and then the rest are Chicago-based uh, opera artists, you know, people who perform at the Lyric and who perform all over. And, you know, I mean, what a, what a great, you know, joy. They were incredibly creative and, you know, incredibly game. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was not as, as uh, scary as maybe I thought it was. <laughs> well, if, it's, if it isn't scary, if you're not scared a little bit by it, you won't do the great job yeah. that you did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. Indeed, indeed. You know, it's always one of the things that I love, like when I go to see you know, the ballet or I go see opera, one of the things that I love about it is because I'm watching people do things that I could never, never do. do. Me too. Ever. <laughs> you know, and then to be in, uh, to see opera in the the relatively uh, intimate setting of the Athenaeum, you know, that like, yeah. you're right there in experience. I, I was able to see, uh, I saw another opera, oh, and it's escaping me right now. It's a great theater. The it's in a beautiful e- theater. And, really close up and, and you're, it's not you're very big. There. Yeah. Um, and it really feels like it's a visceral experience because mm-hmm. you get to see these like, these incredible artists doing vocal feats that, again, I could never do. Um, and it, it's just, it, it's, you have a, a new appreciation of like, oh, what what a human can do, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, you did say, well, you mentioned earlier that you, your, uh, a bulk of your career has been with commercial musical theater in New York. I know you, you worked on Shrek and Wicked. Um, what is the difference 
between directing a musical and directing an opera? Oh my God! There's, 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 there's. They're Venn diagrams, so they're they're different and then they overlap. Right. You know, um, you know, in the musical, of course, you have dance. You know, so there's a huge dance component, and the actors themselves are are singing and dancing. Uh, so it's just a different different tool that you have to use. And in the musical, you can, you know, it's particularly when you're doing a, a Broadway show, everything is sort of adjustable. You know, you're creating it for the first time together. So if you want a dance break there, I mean, that's up for grabs. If you want to cut something, that's up for grabs. You know, it's all sort of happening together. And in opera, you know, you really honor the the piece. Yeah. And so you have to be creative in a different way to sort of say, okay, what is my way into this moment? How mm-hmm. do I how do I figure this out? And they're just they're just kind of slightly different uh, challenges. I mean, of course, opera is acoustic, which you know, if you're new to opera. Um, that's like the most remarkable thing to me is that there's no amplification. Everything you're hearing is is live. And, you know, that that slightly affects the way that you stage it because you want, you know, to get great sound out into the out to the house. And musicals are amplified, you know, so they're they're just they're just different. But the the sort of magic of hearing that sound, the orchestra and those voices mix together like in the air and not have any sort of electricity or microphones or any sort of process behind them like that's that's like really really exciting to me yeah when you just remind yourself this is this is all acoustic this is all just coming from their mouths and like coming from that i'm hearing that their diaphragm that's yeah that (laughs) sound is coming from a body like what Yeah. yeah Yeah, it's like, it's really, I love that part of it, you know, so. It's unique. It's slightly different, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's totally unique. I mean, I don't, we don't do it. I don't, you know, even some plays are amplified on Broadway. You sure. know, I mean, it's just rare to have something totally, um, you know, totally yeah. Uh, acoustic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and uh, a single voice filling that huge, that, that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, it's just like, yeah. oh. Look at what a human being can do. It's it's extraordinary. Um, this sounds like it's going to be an absolute delight. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, I think I'm going on Thursday, oh, so good. Yeah, so I'll I'll be there. Oh, I'll be there on Thursday. Very very excited about that. And we think you should all check it out too. So make sure that you check out Albert Herring, directed by Steven Spazito, conducted by Dame Jane Glover, and presented by Chicago Opera Theater. It runs January 26th through the 29th at the Athenaeum Theater. For more info. And tickets uh, to get tickets, you can visit chicagooperatheater.org. Uh, I always forget what you say. Is it like toy, 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 or something about the wolf howling at the moon? There's some weird opera thing that you say. I think it's toy, toy, toy. There we are. All right. Well, well, Steven Spazito, thank you for joining us today. And toy, toy, toy. Toy, toy, toy. Thank you. Bye, Stephen. Thank you. <laughs> all righty. Now go rehearse them. Uh, thank you again for taking time out. Uh, all righty. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Chicago's own Nun on the Run, Jerry Nunn, getting the inside scoop about the Critics' Choice Awards that were this week mm, in Los Angeles. It's going to be so delicious. So stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Hi, this is Renee Taylor. You're listening to Out Chicago, WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller rolling along. Yes. And we just happen to be rolling along through awards season. Yes. You know, that is 
that's our that's one thing we share. We love the awards. I love awards. I love, I love I love It's just fun to see everybody that you've watched in film and television, yeah. you know, and how they present themselves and if they win and do all the prizes. I love prizes. Yeah, I love prizes. I love prizes yeah. and I love dish. Dish. I love tea. That's what we really love. There we are. Uh, and since it is award season, we thought we'd uh, it'd be best to get the inside scoop uh, on uh, the the, the, the uh, Critics' Choice Awards with Chicago's very own nun on the run, Jerry Nunn. Jerry, welcome back. Hey, how are you? Good. Hi, how are you doing, my friend? Jerry? And it went well. Oh, we, oh you dropped sorry. Out, you dropped Jerry. for a second. Yeah. Oh, say that again. I uh, just got back from L.A. this week and uh, went to the Critics' Choice Awards at the Fairmont Plaza. Well, do tell. What are the tell us some of the uh, you know the dish and the highlights and who you ran into, yeah. who you liked, who you didn't. We need to hear it all, Jerry. Okay. I'll tell. I'll tell it all. I have no problem with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why we have you on the show. <laughs> well, there was some cases of COVID, you know, still lingering around, so. People like Michelle Pfeiffer was supposed to give uh, an award to Jeff Bridges for a Lifetime Achievement Award, and mm-hmm. she had COVID. Oh, no. John yeah, they put in John Goodman at the last minute. Um, well, that makes so sense, because you've got, you know, you've got the big Lebowski there with John Goodman and Michelle Pfeiffer, of course, mm-hmm. the, the fabulous Baker Boys mm-hmm. right there, which made, yeah. launched her career. Into I think the, there, was, there, there was something going around the Golden Globes, because like Colin Farrell wasn't. He had COVID. Jamie Lee Curtis got COVID. And so yeah. there were some sick people that didn't, that didn't come. But um, the people that were there were just amazing. Um, I, you know, I, I got to be in the room sometimes when they were speaking um, with, um, you know, Brenda Frazier, you know, with his, you know, crying during a speech and Shirley Ralph's like powerful speech that she did about, you know, in your face, you know, if you if people doubt you. And um, Janelle Monet, you know, won a, uh, a C, it's called a See Her Award. Uh-huh. And Kate Hudson gave that to Janelle Monet, who spoke about LGBT uh, rights and what she's done and, and things and, and being a member of the community. So that, that was awesome. I love her. Did you get to meet her? I've met her before. She's wonderful. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. I just love her. Yeah. And she's a wonderful yeah, musician, too. She's just got, mm-hmm. she's got it all going on. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 I got to meet Kate Hudson. I blinded her with my selfie light. <laughs> she didn't of course. Ap- she didn't appreciate it. And then she blinded you with her thousand watt smile. <laughs> yes. She's very beautiful. Um, Angela Bassett, I was determined to meet. So I kind of jumped at her, kind of like a Black Panther out of nowhere. And she jumped. Like she was like, oh. And oh. <laughs> I said, oh, I've interviewed you for American Horror Story a long time ago. I just want a picture. And we took a picture, but it was so awkward because I had jumped on her, you know? Oh, no. Oh. How did, so did she have a, a, an expression of surprise or, or fear? Yeah, or what? She grabbed her throat. Like, she clutched her throat. Like, oh. Um, and then I was determined to get Michelle Williams because I love her style of acting, yeah. how she is. And the Fablemans, she's just incredible. I mean, a triple threat. And so I had to push through all these people and busy Phillips was like protecting her. Like it was like she was security. And I just, I ran over and I go, Hey, my, it's my birthday tomorrow, Michelle. I really want to picture with you. And she's like, well, happy birthday. You know, she has that voice. Yes. Like, she, she played, um, you know, um, she's played roles where she has like that little voice. So, um, like Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe. 
And so she was really sweet, though. Like, we talked a little bit, and I said how much I loved her in the movie, and she was wonderful. So that was a great moment. Um, people like Julia Roberts, not nice. <laughs> she just, like, went right through the crowd, head down, security, not nice to anybody. Oh, so, well. Mm, she was having a bad day. Well, you know. I don't know. She's done it before, though. It's not the first time. Oh, okay. Um, Some fun things, though, like the Bear cast. The Bear, because I I said, you know, I'm from Chicago, and this is a, you know, it's about restaurants in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So the whole cast was wonderful. Um, They were really fun. The Abbott Elementary people, I just love them all. Oh, good. Oh, good, because they are the best. I love love that show. Mm -hmm. Mm, Across the board, they were all super nice. I mean, jokey, fun. You know, humble, um, you know, the creator from that, uh, Quinta, she is really sweet. Um, I was sitting down with Shirley Ralph, and I was telling her how much, like, her gay fans love her, right? Because we've loved her forever. Right. Dream girl. And so I was like, you know, you're, you're gay fans. Love and I was just sitting there having such great moments. Meanwhile, someone behind me stole my swag bag, like, with my sweatshirt, with all the Critics' Choice stuff. They stole it. Oh, no! What kind of people are they inviting to this affair? I think it was a jealous press person is what I'm guessing. They only let certain people get them wh- if you were in the show. Was it on your ba- was it on your shoulder? Where was it when they stole no, it? I, I set it down on um I set it down on a chair mm. and I was so absorbed with Cheryl Lee and then I got distracted. I saw that girl from um the Queen's Gambit across the room. Oh yeah. So I think it was on your so I ran over to her and so I got really distracted and I left the back and then I turned around and gone. Uh-oh. Well, you know, if you see something, say something. I'm sure it was probably was, was security just trying to keep everybody safe and sound because the Lord only knows with all the, the hooligans that are a bunch of critics in there, you know? How, so I got a question. I got a question for you. How do you, so like when it comes to the, the awards, how does the nomination and the voting process work for the, the Critics' Choice Award? Yeah, so they give us deadlines. We, we vote online. There's a, a way to do it through the website. Um, and so you say have a deadline that you have to do it by. I like to do it right away and just get it done. Um, and then you just go through and vote, and, and it gets recorded. Now, this is the organization that started with 40 critics and is now up to 600. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and our, but our percentage is really good. Like, we, so, like if you're an Oscar voter, your, your vote is like, Point zero two percent something, but we're two percent. Yeah, each of our like so we count a lot, and so you know they try to bribe us and buy our love and all that, which is fun. So right. <laughs> did, did your did your picks win overall, or were you disappointed a, by? A or? lot of mm, a lot of them did. A lot of them won. Um, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, I, you know, like which I, ones? Um, so I, I liked everything everywhere all at once. That was my number one on my top ten. Yes, and so. Um, so it was nice to see them, you know, get accolades. Um, you know, some of the performances are so great. I mean, uh, Kate Blanchett is just, she's a force. I mean, she is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and Tar. Uh, and Tar, yeah. Yes, and Tar. And, you know, playing a lesbian, so that's awesome to see that representation. And I, w- I got to talk to her afterwards, and she is the nicest person. I thought she was going to be, like, some diva or something. She is not. Like yeah, because she's amazing. Well, because she, here's why, because she comes from the world of theater. Ah. She, and she, you know, she's she was the artistic director of the uh, of some theater company in Australia. Mm-hmm. And she still is. She's still involved with that. So sure. she gets on... She comes from the theater, so she understands that, like, it's not 
it, there's work behind the whole, you know, the the glitter and glamour behind everything. So yeah, that's and I think that's why some people, Julia Roberts, might not be as you know. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, because she's, she's a movie star. Well, like, so Austin Butler came late, but he was at least friendly to people. And I thought he was going to win. You know, I thought he was the shoe in. Like he won the Golden Globe. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't win. You know, it went, you know, to Brendan Fraser. So um, sometimes there's surprises like that. I think that's going to be with the Oscars, too, that there's going to be some, you know, mix ups and people are not going to be able to predict some of it. Mm-hmm. D- did you Did you see Babylon? I did, I did. And what'd you think? I I really liked it. I had a great time. It's a big party movie. I mean, Margot Robbie is just really great. She's great. Uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, everybody, Brad Pitt was playing like a fun character. I, I just thought it was visually great. And that's the guy that did La La Land. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know, I know that guy. This is uh, his not so know. flattering, you know, this is, I mean, this is a... Interesting view of the underworld of uh, of L.A. of Hollywood during the twenties. The it's 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 kind of uh, I, I don't know if I loved the movie, um, but I did love the performances. So yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. And talk to me. You sounded like you were a little surprised that uh, that Brendan Fraser got uh, one for Best Actor for his performance in The Whale. I've yet to see the film, yeah, I but I saw the play. Mm-hmm. It was here yeah. in Chicago at the, I guess now defunct Victory Gardens. Um, I love the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what did you feel like that was mm-hmm. warranted or? He's he's very good. So I mean, I, you know, Austin Butler has just come this long way. I mean, he lived Elvis for for months, for like three months. He just was that. I mean, it was such a long, like the movie came out so long ago, and to have it hold up so well and visually great, I just really like it. I think he is something special. Now, Brendan Fraser, it's kind of like a comeback thing for him. You know, he's very emotional with these awards, um, and I like you know what what he represents for our community. I mean, I like some things that he's doing, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I support him. I just, uh, thought Austin was a little bit better. Right on. What were some other, uh, uh, you know, shocking moments for you where you're like, Oh wait, I thought somebody else was going to win or whatever. What about the, uh, were you happy with the best acting ensemble for uh, glass onion? I thought Glass Onion, I think Glass Onion is a great movie, but it's not like, I just don't think it's an award-winning movie. Hmm. I mean, I just, I've never thought that. Even, even with the ensemble? Because to me, Glass Onion, if you haven't seen it, Glass Onion, it's Glass Onion, A Knives Out Tale, I believe, or Knives Out Mystery is what they call it. Uh, if you, I fell in love with Knives Out. Like, that first movie was just, like, so much fun. Uh, cast full of, like, incredible people. Uh, and then this is, like, another story following Daniel Craig's character, who is a, a, a world-famous detective who's also gay. Uh, and it... Uh, the thing that I loved about the ensemble of that, it it harkened back to me when I was a kid and on HBO, they only played like those Agatha Christie murder mysteries, you know, like Evil Under the Sun, where you had this uh, a cavalcade of stars mm-hmm. all being together, like, who did it? Who done it? Like, there was something so fun about that actual film. And I thought the ensemble of actors, which is incredible, Including Miss Janelle Monet, um, I thought they were really, really great. Do you? I mean, who else was up for it? 
I, I agree. I agree. It, it, is a, it is a good movie. It's just, I don't look at it like an Oscar. Like, I just don't look at it like a big award-winning movie. I, I think it reminds me of, like, Clue, you know, the, the mm-hmm. you know, those kind of ensemble kind of things. And it is a good ensemble piece. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I think there's other movies that were more important out there. And there's some surprises, like, I, you know, I'm surprised. I saw Causeway with Jennifer Lawrence, and I thought that was, a really, really special movie, and it just didn't get a lot of attention. Um, also, if we want to go for gay movies, uh, you know, The Inspection was the one that, like, really moved me, and just, I really, really loved that movie. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, I think that's important, though, to have your own opinion and, you know, not just go with everyone else. I didn't sure. follow a lot of the other critics, so. Um, well, I'm also... I'm also very, very happy that RRR won for Best uh, Foreign Language Film. Um, That movie is one of the most delicious spectacles I think I've ever seen. I had to split it up into three nights because I started watching too late. And it's it's a three and a half hour movie. But it Mm. is is so delightful. Mm -hmm. What did you think about RRR? Um, I, you know, that one I have not had a chance to, to get to. They um, they were there, though. They were at the Critics' Choice, the, the guys that did the music. So it's all about the, the music and things uh, for that one. Yeah. Um, I've heard great things about it. I just have not had a chance to get that one. Oh. I, mean, I had a million... I had a million movies to watch. Of course, of course, of course. Jerry uh, Jerry Nunn, you need to, at some point, it's snowing out, it's cold today. Take some time out and watch this movie. It is Bollywood perfection. It is, and it's just about two guys, two guys who Hmm. are friends and their friendship, but, and they do an extraordinary, there is a man that throws a cheetah at another man. Like a, like an animal, like he grabs a cheetah and throws it, and it is. You're like, okay, sure, why not? Is the animal okay? No, they're fine. They're fine. Okay. Yeah, no, but they're like these big like fight scenes, and all of a sudden, like, wait a second, we have to sing, and they do a great big Bollywood number, and it's incredible. I think it's Jerry. You will love, all right. love, love, I love. I haven't seen it either. I've heard great. It's so much fun. Um, Did you think? You know, oh, go on, go on. I was just going to say, Guillermo del Toro was so wonderful in person. I can't tell you how nice he was. Oh. He did autographs for people. Really, that's not an autograph kind of moment. We're, the, we're at a ceremony and stuff. Right. But um, I just thought he was wonderful, and he did a great job on, on his movie. I love that stop animation kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really, and just really impressed by how nice he was. You know, he was just like a good guy. And um, that's always great to see, um, you know, across the board. So. Uh, Jerry, I saw that uh, Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series went to Henry Winkler. Did you think Leslie Jordan might win because of his, you know, the, the, the he's passed away and people, kind of an honor for um, him, posthumously? I, well, I, I love Henry Winkler. He was there. Um, I remember him. He was right by me. Um, uh, Leslie Jordan, um, we're so... For, let me, I'll tell you a little uh, bit. Best of Supporting Actor in a Comedy yeah. Series. But for what? Oh, Leslie Jordan in Call Me Cat. On Fox. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Maybe he was nominated. Dolly was amazing. Say that again? I'm sorry? Yeah. I was going to say that, that tribute with Dolly was amazing that they had on there for Leslie. But um, So uh, within the Critics' Choice Organization, I have started an LGBT um, honoree. We're going to do an honoree ceremony in the summer. And um, we have not picked a date. We're still working on it. I've assembled a committee, and I'm co-chairing this committee. And it's to bring attention to you know, one segment of 
you know, artwork that's coming out. So they've already done honorees for for Asian, Black, and Latino. But I said, well, where's the LGBT, you know, where's mm-hmm. the ceremony? So we're working on it. Oh, uh, nice. Putting it together. And we want to do something for Leslie Jordan. I would like to do, I don't know if this will happen, but I want to do a section where we, you know, end memoriam just for him, not, not a bunch of other people. I just want to do it just for him. Because so many of us knew him, yeah. you know, so I, I'd like to do that. That's beautiful. That in the summer. Yeah. So do you think, uh, obviously, some of these awards translate, you know, both Golden Globes and Critics' Choice to the Oscar nominations and, and then eventually the winners. Do you think uh, every everything, everywhere, all at once is going to be the one that's going to take it all uh, for the Oscars this year? Or what's your gut tell you? I think it will win for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll win for Best Director. The Daniels are really sweet guys. I can tell you they're super nice. They, but they um, they don't have a big track record, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got them going against Steven Spielberg, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so that's going to be tough. You know, you got James Cameron, who I got to meet at the bathroom, um, <laughs> and you know, you have these powerful directors. I mean, Basil, all these people that you know, the Daniels, they've done a huge accomplishment. But we want to see what they're going to do next, right? Are they going to keep? You know, this kind of amazing work. We'll see. But so I think there'll be mix ups like that. Like Steven Spielberg might run for the Fableman. That is a really personal, powerful movie. Yeah, I got to see it. One last question from my side here. If you could, one of the people that you met, if you could go to dinner with just one of them, which one would it be? The people you oh. met this past at the Critics' Choice. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I, I really. I really hit it off with uh, Michelle Williams. I really okay. Okay. I w- can I go too? I'm just kind of in awe of her. Please bring me. I know. All right. I, know. I love that answer. That's a good answer. So, any predictions for you know the nominations for the Oscars are coming Tuesday. out this week yeah. on Tuesday? Um, so everybody will be getting up very very early uh, and getting early phone calls. Uh, is there anything that you're you're kind of pulling for to hope that maybe he might has slipped under the radar or or since we are in award season, things that have been kind of winning, like, oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Sure. Um I, there's gonna be a lot of you know, the technical awards would be like Top Gun and Wakanda and Avatar. Those are gonna be the movies that are gonna fill in all of those technical awards, I believe. This is my guess. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. Um but I think that will be um, and you know, every, everywhere, every, everything, everywhere, all at once will get best picture. I, I think, um, and hopefully, best time. editing. Because let me tell you, watching that, though, all of those flashback scenes where you, they, the editing in that movie is just incredible. Like it, I think it helps make the film. So that's that's mm-hmm. my one little mm-hmm. thing in there. Sorry, go yeah, ahead, Jerry. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Steven Spielberg might win for best record. Kate Blanchett is just gonna probably get. Actress, so some of these are really kind of carrying over from the other awards. Do you think Michelle Yeoh might be giving her a, a run for her money because her performance in Everything Everywhere All at Once is just astounding? She's so cool, yes. I, you know, and I was glad to meet that. I was really happy that she was cool, like she didn't karate chop me or something. Um, she was awesome. Um, I would, you know, I think Kate is kind of just dominating, though. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. You know, but that's just how it seems to be going. Um, and I also met the other guy. What's his name? K- how do you say his name? K E. The guy from the Goonies. That guy. That was. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kihwe uh, Kwan. Yes, he is. He's predicted to win for supporting actor, and he was a really. He he was a fan. 
Like he was running around meeting celebrities. He was not. Of course. <laughs> well, because he he'd hasn't been, been in the game. He'd for a while. been locked out of the industry for how for decades. Yeah. We haven't seen him since he was, you know, uh, short round and data yeah. from, you know, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Goonies. We haven't seen him. And then he comes out with this incredible performance. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. 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 I've yeah, never seen it. We'll never look at a that. tube of chapstick the same way. Or a fanny pack. He studied up for that. He took classes and he got that that role. He was determined to do well with that role. So he worked for it. It wasn't just like he just waltzed in there. He yeah. was really he prepared. So. Well, it showed. Yeah. It showed in the work that came out of it. So, yeah, he was great. Yeah. Right on. Well, hey, Jerry, thank you thank so you, much for uh, for spilling the tea. We always love tea time uh, here on Out Chicago. And congratulations on, you know, having your, your, your some of your wins, your picks win at the Chicago yeah. Critics Awards, or the Critic Association. Sorry, my brain is not working right now. How can folks follow you and find all of your incredible reviews? Well, I, I write reviews for um, on GoPride.com, and it's nunontherun.com. And, uh, yeah, I'm always putting out content, so I would, I'd love people to read my work. All righty. Well, thank you for being the nun on the run, Jerry Nunn. Uh, go watch RRR, I'm telling you. Yes. It'll be lo- today's the perfect day. It's, it's, it's snowy. It's cold. Okay. There we go. Snuggle up. Uh, Snuggle up and get ready for cheetahs being thrown. And dancing. (laughs) So much dancing. It's so good. Uh, Jerry Nudd, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, And enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, thank you. Right right on. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, it is the final thrilling show-stopping moments of Out Chicago right here on WCPT. This is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, and you are listening to Out Chicago WCPT. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here and Ellen Miller there. We are here in studio doing things. Doing things. Tanya Richard's going to be on the show next week. Yeah, I'm going to be doing my annual blues cruise. The blues cruise. Yes, I hate that for you. That is so awful to be around sunshine. Sunshine and blues musicians and bands and uh, beaches. That's just going to be awful. Yeah. Thank you for could, doing that. Thank you for taking one for the team. I thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. I really appreciate My that. My pleasure. It's the least yeah, I can do. I just, uh, I, uh, this Friday, I recorded uh, a, an episode of Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race uh, with, with Tanya. So that, and that episode's going to be dropping, I think, sometime in February. But oddly enough, we were talking about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and about that. And you know what? Y'all, y'all, y'all. Category is season 14 top five realness. Y'all, this is so exciting. The Hard Rock Casino Northern Indiana presents the top five from RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 on Saturday, March 25th. And just between us, squirrel friends, you won't want to miss this eleganza extravaganza featuring performances by Angeria Paris Van Michaels. I love her diabetic. I'm still a little tender with her. Um, I think she bailed on us. But Bosco, Bos- oh Bosco, I love Bosco. Talk about like gender f. Like it's great. Lady Cameron and Chicago's own the reigning RuPaul's Drag Race queen Willow Pill. Willow she's Pill. she's not a big pill. She's a Willow Pill. You know. And as they slay the runway, showing off their charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Tickets start at fifty dollars and are 
available at Ticketmaster. You must be 21 or over to attend. For more information, call 219-228-2383 or visit hardrocknorthernindiana.com. Sashay your way to the Fantastic Five from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14 at the Hard Rock Northern Indiana on Saturday, March 25th. Must be 21 to attend. Yes. I, you know me, I'm a big Drag Race fan. Uh, you are the, yes, you are. All of them are incredible performers. In so the incredible, the they're the, the top drag, five. Yeah, the top five of season, of season 14. 14. We're in season 15 right now, and I do have issues. And but, people do, I, this event does sell out. So, oh, get your tickets. Get your tickets, yeah. And also, uh, I believe in February, we're going to be giving away tickets. Keep listening. Keep listening. There we go. Mm-hmm. I love. Did you, I still need you to get on board that train. I know. I, I got. You need I, to get the on. Last seven years, I've been telling. I gotta watch that. I gotta watch this thing because you will not believe some of the like what these what these performers do. They're incredible. Check it out, They're absolutely incredible. They are great and, at what they and do. And Willow Pill, yeah, is one of the oddest. Human beings. Okay, on the well, that, that might get me to watch. It's so good. Yeah, they had to do this the, at the beginning of their season of season fourteen. They all had to do like a talent show uh-huh. just to kind of give people like a little taste of what they are. Watching her, I was like, "What? What in the gay hell am I am I watching?" It's just <laughs> really? yes, but she's phenomenal. The she's people phenomenal. love it. Yeah, and she's also the underdog. She's been dealing with uh, debilitating illnesses, oh, and she's you know yeah, she's she's yeah, she's she's an incredible human being uh, and a, a drag visionary. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. On season 15, though, there's this woman, Anitra, this this queen, Anitra, mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. In, her, in her first little runway talent show appearance, she did an original song, and she she was doing uh, martial arts like she was breaking boards during during like in these songs that's that came out of see. nowhere you, see, you see these tricks race. these shablams these death drops boom over blah 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 and then what huh! and then chop it and then do what and then kick it it was incredible so, so I cannot wait for the the top five girls okay. from season 14 at the Hard Rock yep you can buy casino. tickets now there you go there you go. Uh, but, you know, so we start off the show. It is the year of the rabbit. Yes. It, is, it is a hopeful year. And you are a pig, I understand. I am a pig. <laughs> I, I am a pig. In yes. lunar Chinese New Year yes, terms. Yes, I, I am a pig. a pig. I am a pig. Uh, for and the, tell us about the pig. Well, I will tell. Well, let me tell you about the rabbit first, because okay, the, rabbit the rabbit is a symbol of longevity, peace, and prosperity uh-huh. uh, in Chinese culture. And 2023 is predicted to be the year of hope. So the luckiest zodiac signs in 2023 are going to be uh, ox, tiger, and snake. And then, with not as much luck, comes dogs, horses, goats, and hello, me, the pig. There we are. Yeah, well, I'm, how about I'm not even mentioned because roosters and monkeys will have to work especially, especially hard. hard. Yeah, you're because you're a monkey. I'm a monkey. You're a monkey. Yeah, so the monkey, though, I think. Wait, I've wait. got it up here. Yeah, you. The it's monkeys, sharp, smart, but naughty. Yeah, it says magnetic personalities are witty, intelligent, mischievous, curiosity, and cleverness make them very naughty. Yes, that's what I always think about you, Ellen Miller. Naughty. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> naughty, naughty. When I can naughty. be. When I can be. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to honor the uh, the Chinese New Year by amusing. I'm, I'm I'm all over my new uh, gadgets that people have given me: Instapot and air fryer. So I'm doing a orange chicken in the Instapot, some Chinese broccoli in the air fryer. And I'm going to try and make a flan, which I Googled Chinese recipes for instant flan. And one of them came up as a 
a Vietnamese flan, which is like a custard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a regular custard, but okay. Um, and I think Vietnamese to the, they celebrate the same Lunar New Year. I, I think, think as China. I think, I they think do. so. I think they do. So I can get away with that. Um, you have to wear red. Okay. You need to wear red because it's a it's, it's, a, red it's a sign of good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't wash or cut your hair. Not today. Tuesday. Not until yeah. Not well. I'll wash it, but I'm cutting it too. Well, don't 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 wash your You're hair. Not, not today. To, uh, uh, not today. Don't. Oh no, it's too late. Oh no. No, I only conditioned it this morning. Does that oh, count? Oh well, I don't know. Maybe you're <laughs> prepping your hair because your hair is a sign of of uh, uh, of luck and fortune. Well, they said I was having a rough year anyway. So there maybe you I started are. off by you washing started, my hair. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to help my case. <laughs> but I went down. To, we used to go down to Chinatown years ago, and. Uh, it's just crazy down there. I mean, you're, everywhere you go, there's fireworks and the because doorways. Because it's a celebration. It's a celebration. Yes. The, the dragons and they smash watermelons and it is really kooky and fun. And uh, it's not a bad day. It's not blizzarding. It's not super cold. So take the family and go to Chinatown and get some culture and support uh, the Chinese uh, Lunar New Year down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, you need to wear red because it's a sign of good luck. Yes. Uh, you need firecrackers because, again, that's uh, apparently... It's Chases away the bad spirits. Chases away the bad spirits. Yes. Uh, and then you hang banners that have, uh, you know, signs of, you know, like wishes of, of, of health and prosperity. Uh, so you need to hang some of those uh, outside your home. Yeah. So yep. there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But so apparently, like, uh, um, people who are born the year of the rabbit, they are uh, vigilant, witty, quick-minded, and ingenious, like, like a rabbit. And this is also the, it's a black rabbit year because we're in the the element that goes along with the oh, animal is that. water and the color for water in Chinese tradition is black so this is supposed to be a very a very optimistic year that's a very good thing so if you're a rabbit you're gonna have one heck of a year congratulations rabbits. congratulations rabbit monkeys no, not monkeys, so much not so much pigs but... no not at all that's awful uh, <laughs> yeah there we are there we I'm, go. I'm focused is what it says I'm, You're focused. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're as focused as anyone. Okay. Maybe more. Wait, wait what? Sorry. <laughs> huh? Hmm? What? I don't know what you. What? Oh, what? I don't know. Where are we? There we go. So yes. Yeah, so um, I I know this this lunar year did not no. start off uh, the way that it's bit. Uh, we lost our friend Lynn Bramer from yeah. WXRT. Uh, a friend to everyone who ever heard his voice, but uh, a, a close personal friend of mine and my wife Kathy's, and so many of our dear WXRT family that uh, you know we go on. We you know it was a job, but it was also uh, it was a it was a lifestyle, and it, it, my dearest friends in the world. Yeah. And uh, as Lynn would have said, take nothing for granted. It's great to be alive. It is great to be alive. Take advantage, and it's clear that his memory will always be a blessing. Uh, let Thanks, let Scott. that carry carry that with you, Thank and you, hopefully Scott. buoy buoy up your 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 day. Appreciate um, it. Then that that brings us to the end of, of another episode of Out Chicago. I want to thank uh, director Steven Spazito uh, with Chicago Opera Theater and our very own Nun on the Run, Jerry Nunn. Uh, Ellen, you're going to be on your blues cruise I'm next getting, week. Yes, I am. Yep, I'll so, be on the high seas, but I'll be back before you know it. And you'll go, wow, she did that already? She did that already, <laughs> and why has she got some color in her? Hopefully. Yeah, there you go. I could use it. Yeah, we all could right now. <laughs> thank you for uh, your kindness today, Scott. Well, thank you for, for everything. Uh, Devin, thank you for, for everything. Paul, thank you. 
It's good to be alive. It is. There we are. Uh, listen to the Sports Cubicle tonight at 9. Ella Miller, you're an awesome human being. Thanks, um, Send in love your okay. way. Thank and you. right, right over there to Sweetie. And I'm Scott Duff. And until next week, stay, stay proud. proud.